the business savvy singer. Hey there, and welcome to the business savvy singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment, for the finest in entertainment. Welcome to Season 2 of the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. This season, not only will we be hearing from singers, we will also be hearing from professionals providing support services to singers. Hey there, and welcome to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. I'm excited today. I have a great guy with me. We have worked together on a number of occasions. He's very talented. He is a vocalist and he's a bass player. But in addition to that, through his career, he has done a lot of other kinds of things. He has toured, of course, which is fantastic. But he also is in the business of repairing and building instruments, primarily brass instruments. Um, he, he works on other kinds of instruments as well. He's worked for Boozy and Hawks. He's worked for Yamaha. He's done some really, really interesting things. And I cannot wait for you to hear from him and, and just get a sense of uh, what his life has been like. His name is Mark Sorley. Hi, Mark. How are you today? Very good, Greta. I appreciate Esther being part of your show. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you are with us today because, you know, our objective here is to show singers how there are so many options and things that they can do uh, in tandem with their singing careers and uh, be able to to make a living and have a good time and, and learn some new things and so forth. So give us a sense of how music started for you when you were, were you a child or were you a teenager or how did you start making music? Well, my family, for starters, probably inspired first by my grandmother, who, small town, North Dakota, I grew up in the, and uh, she was, in addition to being the church organist, she also played uh, uh, organ at the Silent Moon. Oh, wow. Wow, now that is very cool. <laughs> that you know, that's something you hear about, but who who knows anybody that did that? That is very cool. <laughs> and so, also, my mother was one of five sisters and one brother. The sisters loved to uh, sing, so at Christmas and Thanksgiving, it all, almost always ended up at Emma's. Oh. And they would sit around the organ chair, organ in her living room. And they would sing like Andrew Sisters kind of things. Oh, so that's where I got my early sort of influence, sort of. Yeah, that is and, very cool. And my dad sang a little bit of barbershop. You know, so 
uh, that's kind of where that came from. So I, mean, I, I played bugle in very elementary school. Wow. And then I took piano lessons, many kids did. And then, uh, then uh, the Beatles were on uh, Ed Sullivan show, and that was it, all over. So <laughs> ended up playing guitar, and then I kind of fell into playing bass through happenstance, sub for somebody. And next thing you know, I'm playing bass. Wow. Uh, college, I uh, majored in string bass performance. That was, I got a fine arts degree for that, which uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat. You know, <laughs> but that's regardless. Uh, I got a chance to be playing music, and that's all I ever wanted to do. That is fantastic. So in 1974, you know, I was playing like four to six nights a week all the way through college. Wow. And then in 1975, I left on the road with a band, and I did not have an apartment until 19, the end of 1979. On the road and staying in motels, and, and uh, that got old. Yeah, I'm sure it did get old. But how exciting for the time that you were doing it, though. I was young and single, didn't really have any responsibility, to say the least. And uh, no, I worked with some really fine musicians, and had, that's back when music was in every town in the United States, small yeah. towns, everywhere, every night. Yeah. So we're able to do that these days. There's, there's Five, six nights a week. Right. Yeah. There just isn't the opportunity now. People aren't listening to live music like they like they no. once did. Yeah. 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 And that's so unfortunate. You know, I, I remember reading something that John Philip Sousa, the marching band guy, said way back at the turn of the last century, that because of recorded music, we will not have the opportunity to play in the future. Musicians will not have the opportunity to make a living playing every day like they did prior to that time. And he was so right. It took a while for it to happen, but he was so right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so meanwhile, I moved to Chicago. I, I met my wife and thought, well, let me, let me stop in a big town here where there's going to be lots of work. And when I arrived here, unbelievable amount of work. Mm -hmm. so I was able to uh, get into what for the most part, knowing job here, yeah, casuals and general music in different parts of the country, but here that and so I got really busy with that and working full time, but I had youth going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I did a lot of that, met a lot of the musicians in Chicago, and uh, so I've continued to do that through all my, uh, and of course, because I had some of these corporate music job, uh, I kind of kept me from certain music situations. I'd say, they call me and I can't get off. Mm -hmm. But now, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, stepping away from corporate Yeah, yeah. Now you're retired and, and yeah. you're free to, to tour again. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would go for a short thing, but yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, not that day after day, week after week, month after month. It's hard. It's very yes. hard. Yeah. So so tell us about your, you have a repair and uh, instrument building business still now. So tell yes. us a little bit about that. Well, this kind of goes back to when I moved to Chicago here in 19, uh, late 1979. I thought, I went down to the music union, uh, 
and met other students and he said, here's the name of a bunch of bandages, but you can't, you can join the union or transfer to the union, but you can't work for six months. And I thought, uh, anyway, I said, well, I'm going to get some kind of uh, what musicians know as a gay gig. Yep. So I got a temporary job at a music store in resistance, just delivering, you know, driving the truck. And next thing I know, it's November and I'm Tell me, you're done, you know. And so, anyway, I became an apprentice in the repair shop. And I worked there for 13 of the next 14 years. He agreed that he would teach me how to do this change. And uh, so I just never stopped working. But the beauty of that was that every job I've ever had is really still in the music business. So I'm around what I say, Mike, you know. Yeah. All the people I dealt with were you know, people I worked with, people who were helping, mm-hmm. all musicians. So I felt like I was still a must. Yeah, that's fabulous. And, you know, and that's, you know, it's a wonderful thing to realize that there are opportunities where you can be among your people, be among the musicians and and be making contacts for your your own personal performing career and just enjoying what you do, um, even though you're not maybe actually singing or actually playing uh, during that time. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you're still living in Chicago and uh, just enjoying the retired life. I am. And, uh, you know, as far as the singing part, which I really didn't, uh, you know, even when I was 15 playing in my first little rock band, it's like a mic. And I, I'm certainly not a trained singer. For the years, uh, you know, you had no choice. Sometimes it was a trio, and the guys said, "I'm not singing." Mm-hmm. So, so I ended up, you know, singing, and uh, just kind of worked on it. And over the years, I would play with singers, and I would sit down on break and say a little bit, you know, warm ups and what, what not to do. So I learned some of that way, and then uh, I just kind of paid attention to that. And I'm trying to get better on my own. And, now that I have a little more time, I mean, maybe somebody else. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I would have to say that you are you are a fantastic singer. It's you know the the other evening we were working together and you were saying, oh, I want to take some voice lessons, and I'm thinking you have a raspiness and a a sound to your voice that is just very cool. It's what a lot of people would like to have. It's that um that authentic rock. R&B sound. And that is, you know, that's kind of something you you don't get from a lot of voice lessons necessarily. That's something you get from experience and from doing it. Yes. Well, that's not what I'm really going for. But if you sing correctly, you can make it to the end of the night <laughs> and, and, you know, work on your range and getting a little smoother. I, that's what I mean. But, you know, over the years, I did uh, get to sing a few jingles not finals, you know, over the years, uh, little spec things, and uh, but I didn't really get to make. Well, but but that's okay, you know. People were calling you to to sing because you've got you've got a very commercial sound, and that's you know that's what you know what clients, what advertisers, what you know agents, what everyone wants is that commercial sound, you know. So. Oh. And I, I like to do it. And I think that's the one of the most 
Yeah. I enjoy. You enjoy it. That's right. That's right. And that is very important. That's very important. So, Mark, if you had an opportunity to tell young people coming along in the business, if you had an opportunity to give them some advice, what would it be? Well, when it comes to the music business in general, I think you really have to want maybe all the arts because I think music is one of the more accessible ones as far as making some kind of living. Mm-hmm. But just because uh, I know that I used, my dad would say, well, what do you want to really want to do for a living? I'm going to play music. No, what do you really want? <laughs> is that, you know, somebody that's not a musician can't fathom Right. Just being a musician. So I think you have to have that drive to make it over all the adversity that they deal with in this. And, you know, figure you're going to get 99 no's to every yes. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself for that. And just a lot of times, and this is true of any job, a lot of times it's more important not just how you sing, but how you are to work. Yeah. You're difficult. You're a male or female diva, you know, and, and you're, you know, show up late and you uh, think you got to make that very important. Want to be hireable. Right. You might get there once, but if you want to be there twice, give it all. That's right. That, that is, that is the best advice. I think, you know, who needs a pain in the neck? You know, no no band leader needs somebody that they have to worry about. Where are they? They're not here. Because a band leader is responsible to the client. Or, you know, everyone's responsible to someone else. And this person that has called you for the job is expecting you to do a good job in every way. So, I've been a band leader. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get it, too. I've been a band leader, too. And I get it. You know, there's enough to to think about and to be concerned about without sweating bullets over is your, you know, drummer arriving on time and will he have time to set up and all of these things? Or is your singer going to be there? Or are they going to be in a good mood? Or are they going to be dressed properly? Or just whatever the, the situation is. So being easy to work with is uh, is hugely important and and not just for music for everything for everything yeah well mark i want to thank you for being with us today uh it has been a pleasure and we hope to see you again very soon hopefully we'll have a chance to work again soon thank you mark good news we're partnering the business savvy singer podcast is delighted to be included in the natscast network NatsCast is the official podcast network of the National Association of Teachers of Singing. It's an honor to be part of this community and have the opportunity to provide encouragement, education, and entertainment to singers everywhere. Singers, have you ever wanted to improve your sight reading skills? Do you want to hear harmonies better and sing them more easily? Would you like to be able to improvise and sing more styles of music? Donovan Mixon's performance ear training can help you with all of these things. Donovan has been a faculty member at Berklee College of Music and is an expert in this field. Doesn't matter where you live, classes are offered online. 
visit donmixon.com. Check out our show notes for more info. The Business Savvy Singer Podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net, Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer Podcast. The Business Savvy Singer. Singer.